Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw. Don't forget to join us at the end of the episode for our Creator's Corner, as we highlight our very own Rachel Swartfigur, and how you can support her on Patreon. Also, you can support D&D Raw on Patreon for access to behind-the-scenes content while earning our undying gratitude, including special shoutouts, bonus content, and even the chance to join us in the game. We would be thrilled if you can support us on Patreon. So check us out at patreon.com slash dndraw. And now, on to the show. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm playing Leuven Cromdell, the half-elf alchemist artificer. Hey, I'm Jane. I will be playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Chris, and I will be playing Org Fireforge, the dwarven forge cleric. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I will be playing Elaine Fox, the human druid barbarian. Last time you guys left off where you were talking to Dorora Ilfakir, who interviewed you a little bit and uh, offered you 10 gold apiece to travel to Asenthios and find out what's this magical item that they apparently have that is would be of great importance to the Nephany. You were each asked about your different skill sets, Elaine saying that she would need to talk to Oryx, Mule, Anvil. Before they headed out on the journey, uh, you were told it should take about two ten day to reach Isenthias from the town you're in, Amonkar. So, very first thing I would like to ask before we begin is who is making a trail? Because essentially, like, you have a, a road for a ways before you get deep into the Rigorum Woods, and then things start getting rough. Who would be at the head of this trying to make sure that there is a rough trail for Anvil to follow? Probably Elaine. She is the most in tune with nature of the group. Okay. Nissa is probably really good in urban settings. Yeah. If I can, I would just smash trees out of the way. No, don't smash trees. <laughs> at one point, I'd, pl- I'd pull out a, a fire. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are monsters. <laughs> So I'm going to say, especially if Auric is smashing some trees, Elaine, make me two survival checks with advantage. Ooh, first roll. Roll good, roll good. So the first one is going to be a 21. Second one is going to be a 16. Okay. And then on top of that, I am assuming, Auric, that you are, you know, encouraging Anvil along, correct? As much as a mule can be encouraged. Is anyone assisting with this? Like, are you continuing to talk to Anvil Elaine, or...? I mean, I would when there's, like, uh, chances for it. Obviously, I'd go and be like, you're doing great, buddy. Like, I know he's a pain, and, you know, he's a little bit of a slave driver, but you got this. Like, you know. But I'm talking in donkey or mule, like, so he can't understand. Of course. Yeah, no. (laughs) From the perspective of the others, I'm sure that's very interesting to watch. Yeah, you just hear, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be great. So, Auric, can you make two animal handling checks for me with advantage? Sure. 
first one is 11. Second one is 21. Okay. So, I will say, for the first half of your journey, Elaine is making, like, is really just blazing a trail for you. She's having no problems finding, like, softer footing and fewer branches and roots and all that that get in your way, and is able to navigate the Rigorum Woods very quickly. Anvil gives you a lot of trouble. There's a few times where he kind of just stops and starts to graze, and you're trying to pull him along, and he's just... No, and after a little bit of encouragement from Elaine, he he moves on, but that first half of your journey, dealing with Anvil was rough. The second half of the journey winds up being, while the woods are a lot thicker and you're having a lot harder trouble finding a trail, so Auric having to take down some trees, or at least break some thick roots that are in your way, you have a lot more trouble getting through. But Anvil is very agreeable. He's just happy and is moving along, and you seem to be on much better terms um, based off of what Anvil is telling you, Elaine, that is like, no, Morix, he's okay. <laughs> so, for a brief bit, I'm going to ask everybody, on this 19-day journey, what is your normal morning routine? Like, you wake up, you're in the middle of these thick, thick woods. What would you normally do? So in the morning, Elaine probably gets up and does like some like mild stretching, you know, almost like yoga. And then she'll do uh, each morning, she'll go on and do almost like a walk around where we've kind of set camp for the morning uh, just to check out, like, did anything kind of encroach on us? Do like a scout to see if almost if anything tried to approach us during the night, if there's any weird like footprints or anything like that. But yeah, just just kind of general like morning uh, scouting stuff and then would have her like breakfast uh, if everything seems to check out okay. So rations and water and whatnot. So uh, most of the mornings you're, you know, doing fine. You'll notice smaller creatures kind of cautiously approach you guys. Like, you notice little tiny tracks of uh, squirrels and rabbits and stuff like that during the night. Nothing that would alarm you too much. What is Leuven's normal morning routine? In the morning, Leuven will get up, and sometimes Hari would see him pull out some parchment, a pen, and begin writing some kind of letter. And at the end, when, when he'd finished, uh, unless he hated it and like crumpled it up, he would seal it and he'd stuff that back into his Dungeoneer's pack. Um, other times, he'd pull out just a, a small canvas. Uh, he'd have several miniature ones so as to be able to do many things without taking up too much room. And just just paint some scenery, not in super high detail, but a, a, a quick sketch before getting up and getting ready for breakfast and that kind of thing. Okay. So, Nissa, what would be your normal morning routine? First thing Nissa does is probably check all her belongings, because she, she goes to sleep with them in her arms. So she will check them first off, make sure she has everything. As she's now getting used to her party, probably looking around at everyone else, seeing who else is up. She's a mo- much more of a night owl than a morning person, so she probably takes a little bit of time to come round. Fix coffee, if there is such a thing as coffee in this world. I really hope there is. Yes. Yes. Um, and she might do just some things like um, pull out a journal and just make some notes in a journal, keep that up to date. And she may also um, write the odd letter in the morning, um, just quiet things to herself while she's kind of coming around. I would say he would don his priest stole and probably do like some morning prayers to uh, Yediman. 
And then after that, helping with breakfast or whatever needs to be done around the campsite before heading off to continue the day. All right. So now that we have that down, what's everyone's normal evening routine? What do you normally do as you get ready to go to bed? So uh, at the end of the day, Elaine probably like for like setting up camp, she'd probably help uh, set up like the area and the perimeter. Just be like, okay, this will be good help with Anvil as much as possible to keep him calm and happy. And then, uh, you know, if there's any dinner that we're going to be cooking or anything that we're going to be doing like that, or if she needs to go scout for some berries or something, she'd easily be like, all right, I'll go find some berries. Bye. And then, you know, as it gets closer to like bedtime, just kind of roll out her, her bedroll and flop down on it. In terms of the size of the cart, it's considered a large vehicle, so all four of you could fit in it. Are there like multiple areas of it, or is it one big open space inside? It would be a big open space. This is the cheapest thing you guys could buy. I imagine it's almost like, not the small size, but maybe like the next size up U-Haul, like the medium size U-Haul, like just a big space. Right, and I'm sure that uh, Oric and Leuven share a work table of some kind as well. Leuven's section would be a lot uh, messier, different projects strewn about, and that's where he'd spend a lot of his time working on projects related to some alchemy or even a bit of um, uh, machinery here or there. Researching, just, just looking at books about magic, that kind of thing. Not keeping still, <laughs> basically. And this, would... Lend a hand with anything needed, like setting up the camp and that kind of thing. She'd probably stick fairly kind of close-ish to Elaine because she's not, still not really that comfortable with countryside. <laughs> so yeah, she'd, she'd help with things like that. And then she may like pull out playing cards, see if anybody wanted to, you know, play cards. Or she'd pull out Tinker's tools and maybe mess around. Even if she can't make anything from scratch, she might like pull apart something she's already made and then try and remake it up again see if she can make it better, that kind of thing. Auric? Depends entirely on whether or not he has some raw material to work on. If he has anything of metal, he would be trying to do little projects and stuff with that. Uh, If there isn't any metal available, he might take to either whittling something out of wood. Basically, he'd be trying to create something as tribute to his god. Interesting. You probably would have, like, a few scraps of metal here and there, here and there, based off of, like, you know, what you would have already had in the cart before you started along, but beyond that, there's a lot of wood around. Yeah. But not much else. So he'd probably try and whittle something that maybe looks useful that he could potentially sell in his shop. Okay. So, like, on the journey, what is something that your character would have talk to someone else, or in Elaine's case, possibly something else about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think at one point, one of the days, uh, maybe in the afternoon or evening, uh, as we're kind of settling down, uh, maybe kind of stroll over to Auric, especially after she notices notices him doing the whittling, and be like, so uh, you craft stuff, I've, I've gathered. Aye. What do you do with the stuff you craft? Well, I try and sell it. It's what any dwarf who's industrious does. Okay, but do you just... And she's gonna point, you know, I'll point to the cart. Sell it from the back of the cart? Or do you, like, ship it somewhere for for further 
Like, do you have a storefront set up in a town? Well, the cart is the storefront. We travel around and we sell wherever we go. So at the mention of the cart being the storefront, Elaine's going to give a very exaggerated, you know, kind of put her hands on her hips and do the, like, look around. There are lots of customers out here for you. You mean the squirrels? I don't think they'd be having much coin, Lass. Exactly. Have you ever considered having a stationary storefront somewhere? Well, that wouldn't work very good for my traveling. Couldn't really mind it while I'm out on the road. No, but if you had somebody you could trust, you could send it there, and then perhaps somehow arrange to get the money back and forth. I suppose. It could be doable, but I haven't really met the right people to do that yet. Uh, I mean, I know some people in the businesses. Maybe when we get back to a town that I know some people, we could uh, arrange something. I could, you know, help you meet people. I'd be uh, interested in hearing more about this proposition. What, what, what are your qualifications? Well, I used to work a bunch of merchant ships, so I know logistics, so to speak. I know how to get things from point A to point B, specifically on a waterfront. But I also know about, you know, cargo and things like that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with uh, traveling across the sea. Oh, it's so great to be out on a boat. Oh, gosh, the ocean is amazing. I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's just, there's something about the salty, salty, fresh air first thing in the morning. Though, I'm not a big fan of the bird poop. I'm not sure you're selling it to me. <laughs> well, I'm not <laughs> saying for you to become a sailor. I'm just saying that I know people who could help transport your goods. Oh, when we get back, I'd definitely be interested in hearing more about this proposition. I'm thinking it might be easier on Anvil if... You weren't constantly hauling around an entire store. Could get a second anvil. Name him Hammer. I think I think you're missing the point a little. Well, we could do that maybe, but it's just as a thought. All right, Nissa. Who would you have spoken to? I would also talk to Auric. Um, <laughs> oh. Possibly just as we're traveling, but it'd just be, uh, hey, Auric. So, uh, is that real gold on your armor? Gosh. Hi. <laughs> I forged it myself. I like to make the little inlays. I feel that it adds an extra accent that, in my opinion, and I think it pleases Yadamin to have that fine a crafting. Because normal dwarves or normal craftsmen, they will just go and put the plate out there. But it's the attention to detail. That's what really sells it. I will be looking very impressed. Eyes also lighting right up. You make it yourself? Die. Whenever I have the free time and ample materials. That is very impressive. I'd like to see you do that sometime. Sure, just provide me some raw materials and I can make almost anything you want. I'll see what I can do. Leuven? Leuven perhaps would take Nissa up on an offer for that playing card game one evening. Okay. There'd probably be a little couple chairs to, to sit down within the within the cart. Some Some stools at the very least. Uh, Leuven's just going to clear away some space on his side of the the, the the table. And now there is a place for playing cards. And as as the playing goes on, uh, just asking you questions and perhaps a bit rapid fire. Oh, so you, you've been kind of quiet. Uh, where do you come from? Um, I, I hear that uh, you also have some navigation skills. Uh, what uh, What kind of stuff do you do? And on and on and on. <laughs> Occasionally, I might accidentally kind of do two questions in one, but... Overall, I stop 
and listen intently. At, at the looking intently, Nis is probably going to lean back slightly. <laughs> like, whoa, fella. Um, <laughs> she'll, but she'll say, I'm from Orenthal. Uh, na- navigation skills? Uh, that's probably more a lane thing, to be honest, but I can get around sneakily, if that's what you're referring to. Okay, well, that'll help us with the orcs when that comes up. Wait, there's orcs out here? Yeah, some hungry wild animals, too. Would be really cool to paint if we could subdue one. You want to subdue a wild animal? Uh, I mean, just, you know, a beast? if it comes up. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good luck with that, buddy. Thanks. How about you? Where, where are you from? From Solana, a, a small farming town, Mataker. It's close to Aliabel, the kind of main research hub of the area. I would go there a lot during my downtime. It was fun. I've never, well, this, I've not much been out of Orenthal, so I I don't really know much of the world. Um, I don't really know what it's like there. That's why I've started traveling too. I've only been traveling with Auric for a a few months. We've been all around Solana now, but before that, uh, I'd barely been out of my town at all other than going to Aliabel when I could. So this is, this is all just so new and exciting. I don't know about exciting, but yeah, it's new. How are we doing on the card game, by the way, Tony? Are either of you proficient in playing cards? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I am not. I would also throw in Nissa's probably cheating. <laughs> Alright, Nissa, roll a sleight of hand. Leuven, just roll a, a straight d20. Okay. 15. 18? Ah. <laughs> he somehow still won that first game. And is completely oblivious, I imagine, yep. to your sleight of hand. <laughs> yep. As long as you're oblivious, that's cool. Oh yeah, w- wouldn't think of this kind of trickery even existed. It's... <laughs> Sit down, let, let me tell All you right. a story. No, I'm just kidding. Auric? <laughs> <laughs> Leuven, give me a hand over here. I need to line up this wood with uh, this uh, silver that I've got. I will transmute it into some iron. I've had a revelation. This will surely please Yadamin with what I'm about to create. Sure thing, boss. Well, stack the wood right over there in that... Orientation, kind of like a, a nice square, like... Like like this? Aye, aye. Perfect. So, I had a revelation. We've been out traveling. We've been having to eat on our laps. Haven't We've had chairs to sit on, but we haven't anywhere to sit right proper. I had a brilliant idea. Because normally, you have a table. It has the legs, it has the top. And it's always there. It's always stationary. Never moves. What if... It could collapse in on itself. Well, that would kind of defeat the purpose, right? Or are you saying control the collapsing? You can control the collapsing, my boy. You control it with hinges. So, all right, we have this all lined up. Let me begin the ritual. And about an hour later... Ah! Yes, we have it now. The table, it has the hinges for the legs. They will fold in upon each other. And the top, it will fold in to collapse and hold it in like a clamshell. This way we can take it with us wherever we go. Immediately I start testing it out. And does it work? Tony, does it work? You go and you grab it. Slight squeak to it. But it folds up. This is so cool. I better start cleaning up at night now, though. 
Do I get to add collapsible table to my inventory? You can add collapsible table. Sweet. But is it in your inventory or is it in the cart's inventory? It's in, it's in my other holdings, the cart's inventory. But Cart's uh, getting full slowly. Yeah. It's good for now. You've got room. I actually had to write down in my notes, like, how much can a cart carry with a mule? And, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already have the, the name of the second mule picked out if it comes up. So, so as you travel on the 19th day, it's getting later in the, the afternoon, going into evening slowly, the sun beginning to set. You're traveling through this colossal verdant forest. A canopy is filled with uh, dogwood, beech, and elm, cascading lights bouncing between the leaves, uh, showing a motley of uh, shrubs down below. Curling, climbing plants cling to most of the trees, and you see an array of flowers that add a lot more color and life to what would normally be just a homogenous landscape. Around you, you hear all sorts of uh, little voices off in the distance, Mostly critters, you hear some birds that uh, fill the, the, the air with their sound and their music. And the occasional sound of like a breaking twig uh, underneath a larger animal or anvil. <laughs> On this day, as you're traveling the woods, you know you must be getting close. And uh, the journey's been long. No other signs of life might be starting to get to some of you, <laughs> Luvin. <laughs> But overall, it's been a fairly uh, simple journey. Occasionally, Elaine has noticed uh, tracks of larger animals nearby and had you skirt around to avoid them in order to keep you on the, the trail. As you're traveling along this day, though, um, you do suddenly hear a little ways off to your right and uh, ahead of you down one of the paths. Elaine, you're the, the first one to notice this. Mm -hmm. It sounds like something's moving and moving very quickly roughly in your general direction. Okay. I'm assuming I'm at kind of at the front of the line, so I'd like hold mm -hmm. up my hand and like give everybody like the signal to like quiet and stop just to see if we can distinguish what exactly or like, you know, if it is actually coming towards us or anything like that. Can I do a perception to see if I see anything or can distinguish yes. any further? Go ahead. 20 total. Okay. Based off your roll, you kind of glance off to your right, and you hear it getting louder and louder. It's definitely, now you hear the sounds of footsteps running very quickly. And as you're kind of looking through the hedges and past the trees, you see what looks to be a figure, humanoid in form, and uh, just running not directly at you, but it looks like it's curving slightly off towards your right and as it starts to turn and run, you do see an elven figure just full-on sprint, glancing back over her shoulder. And in that moment, you hear several other larger-sounding footsteps. And for a brief instant, you notice through the trees about four or five larger figures, each wielding some sort of weapon that seem to be chasing directly after this woman as she turns and starts rushing off, uh, slightly angled towards your right. Okay, guys, there's an elven woman being chased. We need to help her and then take off running after as well. Okay, so you see this woman running full speed. You're just losing sight of her as she's going down this separate path. And you see these five orcish figures, as Elaine has now pointed them out to you guys, mm -hmm. starting to run 
full speed towards this woman, all weapons drawn. You just hear like, What are you guys doing? Immediately transforming into a spider and booking it towards him. Giant wolf spider, I assume. Oh, yeah. Not some dinky little spider, man. I want to tackle under the ground as a spider. You are now a giant wolf spider. And in this case, as you are going to engage, I would like everyone to roll initiative. Time to rumble. <gasps> I rolled well. <laughs> Yay. Hey, Tony. Yes? It hasn't really come up, but as part of like Oryx's morning ritual, he would do his blessing of the forge upon his armor in order to make it magical, which gives him the plus one AC. But you didn't mention that. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. It, if not for the fact that it says at the end of a long rest. Yes. All right. So you're doing your armor? Yeah, it would be his armor. You would cast okay. it on. All right. So giant wolf spider, you quickly shift in and start to rush towards them. So I want to do something crazy. So they're like 20 feet away from us at the moment. Roughly, yeah. And then there's trees to the left and right that are about 10 feet. Could I, because I have a movement speed of 40 and a climb speed of 40. Could I run over to the trees to my left, which are about 20 feet away, climb up the tree a little bit, and then launch myself at the dude that's in front to try to basically, like, flying tackle him as a spider? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I want to run up the tree and then launch myself just to, like, flying tackle on top of him. That will be your entire turn. No, I'm okay with that. You're good with that? Okay. I need you to make a strength check then as the giant wolf spider. Alrighty. 12. Do you need a spider battle cry? Is that what you need? (laughs) No, I was looking up the strength of the orc. Stronger than mine, I'm sure of it. (laughs) No, he's stronger than you, but it doesn't help when he rolls an eight. (laughs) So you rush up spindly legs like running up the tree and then leaping off as you kind of get just high enough to get some leverage and push and slam down on top of him and he is currently prone nice so you are currently right on top of him and just yep and i'm making like chittering noises like like little clicky spider creepy noises <laughs> nice big creepy spider just tackled a dude to the ground like a boss definitely creepy yeah as you do you slam down into him now that you have a closer look you notice four of the orcs seem to have just patchwork hide armor like whatever they could grab all of them have a great axe in their hand and a couple of javelins on their backs you do notice one orc actually has chainmail armor and a shield in hand as well as a longsword and the couple of javelins on his back. Not the javelin. Now, what would you say is the quality of this armor? Is it all... You kinda... can't see it yet. Ah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. You see orcs. Orcs. So, you currently are on top of one of the orcs as it just stares up at you and is like, Garaga, Garaga! <laughs> Which you might assume means spider. <laughs> all right. That brings us to his friend who was going to turn and run, but now sees giant spider attacking and is going to take a swing at you with his great axe. No arachnophobia check? (laughs) Not from that one. Yeah, that'll hit as he takes a swing and deals five points of damage. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, and he slashes into your side and you recoil a little bit, but you're still standing on top of his friend. But that is his turn. Leuven. 
All right, so I just saw the fleeing elf go down this other path. Yeah, you saw the elf go down the that path that's kind of curving around the tree by you. Okay, as a bonus action, I, I pull out a little piece of parchment that seems to have some really nice handwritten text on it, and with a, a quick verbal thing and a flick of the wrist. I'm going to say only Elaine can see that the woman running suddenly has a slight shimmer around her. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I am going to move up a bit. I'm actually just going to move up like five feet toward the the group of orcs. Okay. And then I pull out a vial that has some kind of reddish liquid in it, and it radiates a, a small bit of warmth in my hand. And I chuck it in such a way that it hits basically the furthest orc from me. Okay, so you're hurling this vial of alchemical fire, 25 feet. You hurl it, nearly taking all of your strength as it slams in the chest of the orc furthest from you as it breaks and splashes against his two friends beside him. So all three orcs need to make a dex saving throw? Nope. So (laughs) roll your damage. All right, 1d6 fire, 4 damage. All righty. They are not happy at taking four points of damage. The two to the back suddenly, as the flash slams into the ground, catch and begin to to light. They start to quickly pat themselves out, but focus their attention on you. Yay. Yeah, if you're within range to do that, then they're definitely within range to do this. Uh oh. <laughs> the one that was right next to the one you attacked pulls a javelin from his back and hurls it towards you. He hurls it towards you, and you start to shift, and it skims off of your armor and deflects to the side, yes. barely missing you. So that brings us to the elven woman, who starts to turn around but is uncertain and takes a moment as she kind of hunkers down. Elaine, you can just kind of see her, but she seems to kind of duck into some bushes and uh, try to stay out of sight for a moment as she's staring intently at what's going on. Okay. Nissa. I'm going to move up as far as I can, and then at the orc that attacked Elaine, I will try and cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter. Is that a wisdom it save? It is a wisdom save. They're so wise. I know. So as I'm moving up, I'm rummaging in my pack, and I will pull out, it always makes me chuckle, I will pull out some tarts and hold them in one hand, a feather in the other, and I'm kind of moving the feather around in the air, which probably looks rather funny and use that to cast a spell across at him all right so you cast a spell and as the orc that just slashed across your spider body uh elaine looks at you and goes, <laughs> <laughs> yes and suddenly falls prone laughing <laughs> awesome so you have currently two prone orcs right next to you nissa any bonus action or anything no not right now i think i'm good all right that brings us to the other orc Leuven lit on fire, <laughs> and he is also going to throw a javelin at Leuven. You don't say. What? <laughs> no. No. And he's going to miss as it just yes. passes harmlessly overhead. <laughs> Leuven's eyes follow it and his mouth is a gay like, ooh. <laughs> All right, so the bigger orc with the long sword is going to shift, long sword in hand, and take a swing. That's going to just hit as it slices into your side. I want to be a spider. (laughs) You take 12 points of damage. All right, so I revert back to my form, my normal form. So I take six points of damage to my regular self. All right, 
So he takes the first slash at you and then goes to swing again. And the second one hits as it just passes right above your shield and slashes across your arm, dealing you 15 <gasps> points of damage. Oh. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> My precious. As he just carves across your arm and chest, like getting slightly through your armor and just cutting across you. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. As he does, he kind of just like chuckles and then you hear him go, Garukatra! As suddenly the other orcs feel invigorated each grabs a javelin, the two that are not currently prone, and both hurl them at Leuven. Oh. Gonna keep trying this. All right. One hits, the other misses. Okay. So as he just cries out, the two that are prone just can't seem to grab at their weapons. One's incapacitated. You do take nine points of damage as the javelin slams into your shoulder, Leuven, throwing you slightly off balance. Wow. Good hit. Auric, it is your turn. All right. I am going to move 25 feet up. Okay. So actually, I end up being right next to Nyssa. What does the the big guy look like? Like, as far as his armor and weapons and the quality and thereof? <laughs> the weapons actually look pretty nice overall. The, the sword seems finely crafted. It's got a lot of dings and dents in it from where you're at. So you can tell, like, okay, he doesn't take care of it. Same thing with the... The chainmail he's wearing and the shield on his arm, they're all metal, but they all look damaged as if potentially these were scavenged off somebody else. Gotcha. And can I tell in how bad a shape is Elaine? I look pretty bloody. Elaine looks rough. You actually, blood's dripping from her wounds. She's still standing over the one orc that's on the ground, but. Okay. So she does look quite rough. She looks rough. All right. So as I am. Approaching, I'm going to be yelling out to the orcs. Is like, you call that armor? Clearly, you just scavenged it. You've got no respect for metal and metalwork. You can't even manage to take care of what you got. And then after that, I will cast Healing Word at Elaine. All right. 1d4 plus my modifier. You get four hit points back. I'll take it. Auric, is your action attempting to goad them, or are you doing something else? Yep. Okay. Roll charisma or intimidate your choice. Charisma is not my strong suit here, guys. Smithing things now. <laughs> That's something. Ten. Okay. You will find out what happens with that in a moment, because it is the orc at Elaine's feet's turn. And as he kind of is staring up now that you're not a giant spider on top of him, he looks ready to attack you when he kind of looks at the bigger orc who just stares at Auric, and you hear him mutter, Rock Dwarf. So he is going to stand and shift towards Auric. Excellent. They are not wise. Uh, <laughs> and he takes out a great axe and goes to swing at you. He goes to swing. As he's going, it barely get your shield up as it bounces off of your shield. And you feel the magical essence of Yadumin protect you. Because I rolled an 18. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. But that is his turn. Elaine. All right. Bonus action. Barbarian rage. Because I am not feeling this nonsense. Like just Nissa's probably seen this before. Like all of a sudden I just get into like the zone and I have like laser focused and I'm staring at the, the orc with all the armor and that guy Mm -hmm. so i just turn and primal savagery i basically hulk out and as i do like 
I'm gonna like extend one arm down as like just gnarly claws dripping with like poisoned acidy looking stuff grow out of my one hand and I'm just gonna take like a, a nice attack at him. Make a melee spell attack. Yep. Okay. Does a 20 hit his AC? A 20 hits. <sighs> He's got a good AC, but it's only three points of damage. Okay. Your fingers suddenly turn into sharpened claws, acid dripping from them as you go to swing. He brings a shield up, but you shift and duck under and slam your fingers into his side. As the acid burns in, you pull back and your fingers quickly return to normal. Yeah, he didn't like that. No, he did not. So you have movement if you want, but. No, I don't think I would move. I don't, because I'm kind of focused on this guy, so I don't think I'd have the. Gotcha. That brings us to the orc that's just still chuckling on the ground. <laughs> Sorry, at the end of each of its turns, it can make another with wisdom okay. saving throw. And if it takes damage, yep. it has a saving throw with advantage. No. <laughs> you just keep hearing. <laughs> but he is still just rolling on the ground laughing. You see his, his great axe right beside him. Luvin, you are up. Okay, do I have a good view of all the orcs from where I'm standing, or some kind of around that bend a bit to the left? So, the big guy is the only one that you don't have a clear view of, because you have Nyssa, Auric, Elaine, and part of a tree in front. So he would have partial cover. Got it. Uh, the rest of them have all clear shots. Alright, I'm gonna lob this time, uh, again, toward the orcs in the back, but this time um, I have a, a green vial in hand with a slight sizzling sound to it. And I'm going to lob it at... The closest of all the orcs to the the fleeing person. Okay. That's just him, right? For this one? Correct. All right. So that's a deck save. That is. That is a nine. (laughs) All right. So I'll roll my full damage. And this time it is 2d6 acid damage. Total of six. All right. And these are trees right behind me, yeah? Trees on either side, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to go about 10 feet to my right and try and just hunker down behind a tree so hopefully not get hit with another javelin in the near future. <laughs> okay, so you quickly hurl the vial. Your arm soar from the javelin hit as it slams directly into this orc's chest, almost like he wasn't even trying to dodge it, but it burns and you see him recoil from the pain as you shift over a little bit and try and get some cover behind the tree as Anvil's just going... <laughs> I do wave to Anvil despite my, my pained look like, oh, hey. Yeah, he's like... He doesn't wait back. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't draw our attention to me. Yeah. So the orc you just hit with acid is going to come rushing up to you, Luvin. <sighs> so he's rushing by, like, bloodlust in his eyes as he passes right by you, Nissa, seeming to pay no attention. No. Eleven. Eleven? You go to swing, and he just barely his foot passes over your blade. But he gets to Luvin and swings... Ugh, and that's definitely going to hit. And you take 11 points of damage. I'm still up. As he just hacks across your form, denting your armor slightly as your back kind of slams into the tree from the, the force of the blow. Ugh, okay. All right, that brings us to Nissa. Uh, I'm torn now. Uh. So you have three targets around a lane, one that's all by himself and one that's over by Luvin. There's still the one that's rolling on the ground laughing. <laughs> Excellent. She'd really want to go help Elaine, but she knows Auric looks like he's kind of in that general direction. She knows one's just run off to Leuven, so she'll probably go and try and give Leuven a hand. All right. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Welcome. So, short sword attack. 
All right, so you rush up, flank this orc, so you have advantage. That's a no, that's a nine. Oh. With advantage, I rolled a four and a five. Oh, oh that hurts. Yep. Banish. Banish, Banish that, that dice. dice. Yep. Yeah, you go, have your blade in hand, and go to swing, but the orc kind of keeps shifting and moving as he's staring off at Leuven, and the blade just misses as you're you're rushing up. Quick yep. question, what weapons do you have? Short sword and daggers. So if you want, you can draw a dagger and bonus action attack. Yes, please. <laughs> I was about to say, you can do two-hand. It will only be the dice. You can't add your decks for the damage. For the attack roll, it's still the attack roll, if you want to okay, do that. I'll try that. You still get flanking. And you can still get sneak attack. You just can't add your dex modifier to the damage. 18 to hit. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So frustrated, you draw your dagger and just stab into the back of his leg. Roll your damage and sneak attack. Yay, sneak attack. Nine total damage. And with that, you hack deep into his thigh as he just stares at Luvin and suddenly just drops to the ground and passes out. Yes. (laughs) Luvin looks a little shaken but from around the tree you do see like a shaky thumbs up (laughs) so kind of hiding off in the bushes Elaine you're still currently the only one that can see her Mm -hmm. the elven woman there kind of you see her kind of unsling a bow and fire a shot at the orc that's all by himself actually that misses (sighs) fires a second shot that'll hit she was testing it don't worry she's Mm -hmm. restringing it the first hit arrow like passes right by his shoulder as he kind of like starts to turn confused and the second one slams dead center in his chest and you see him stumble back like shocked from the force of the attack that does bring us to him oh yeah. uh question to the dm i just realized yes. i should have been rolling for my concentration on that shield of faith both oh times yes hit. yeah make two constitution saving throws just beat a 10 twice i just reached a 10 with my first one that's one Twelve. all right so you're able to maintain concentration with some difficulty Sorry, please continue. The orc that was hit stares towards the elven woman, but then decides to rush towards Oric. And just, he draws out his great axe and he goes to swing, but trips on a branch and kind of like the axe just hits the ground next to you. (laughs) That does bring us to you, Oric. All right. So I will turn towards the orc that's wearing the chainmail and I'll yell out to him. If you can't maintain your armor, then you shouldn't be wearing it. And with that, I will cast Heat Metal on him. Ah, okay. I believe that just goes through and he makes a save to hold on to things. Actually, it does, I think, just initially a 2d8. Yeah, you take 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell. Yep. And until the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on each of your turns to cause this damage again. Are you casting it on their armor? Yes, I'm casting it on his... You're a jerk. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) He can't drop that. Yep. (laughs) He's trying to murder me. That is four damage. Four points of fire damage as uh, Elaine beside you. It was a pretty nice day, kind of a little bit warm out, but it's suddenly getting a lot warmer just off to the guy in front of you. As his armor starts to slightly glow red. And you see him just like patting his chest and like as if he doesn't understand what's going on. Bonus action or movement, Auric? No, I think I'm good where I'm at. All right. That brings us to him. Uh, He can't drop it, so there's nothing he can do there. Yeah, he is not happy though. So he doesn't currently see Elaine as a big threat. So he's actually going for the dwarf that challenged him, but at disadvantage. Bring it. Swing and miss. 
swing and miss, but his other ability does recharge. So he swings twice and you can tell like the armor burning is kind of like jerking his arm back as he goes to swing, but then he just cries out as the two orcs right beside you, Auric, both take a swing at you with their great axes, but both miss. As just swing, swing, and the first one you deflect with your shield, the other one ducks slightly as it passes harmlessly overhead. But it is one of the orcs in front of you's turn, and frustrated, he is going to try and be smart and pull away from Elaine. Uh, attack of opportunity. Yep. I guess that's just with my scimitar turn around. Yeah. Try to Try to hook him. Slash. <laughs> Does a nine hit? You were so focused on the big orc that you realized just a little too late his friend was pulling away and you swing just a second too late. But he is going to try again to swing at you with his great axe with advantage and miss. Excellent. That does bring us to Elaine. You are still raging. I'm still raging. As I take a sidestep to the side to get up behind this guy, I'm going to transform into an axe beak. So this giant ostrich-like, bird-like creature just like morphs onto the field. I have no idea what they sound like. <laughs> so that's what it sounds like now. <laughs> yep, that is, uh, that's what we're using. So you just shift and morph into this large bird-like creature, tiny, tiny wings. Yep. <laughs> and are now threatening him. He feels threatened. He should. Also hot. He's very warm. Good. He should be. End of his turn for the orc that is still rolling on the ground. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. No, finally just. <laughs> Dang it. It's like you- <laughs> It's not funny anymore, guys. <laughs> but he is still prone because that's at the end of his turn. Yep. But yeah, Nissa, you notice that he's not laughing anymore. <sighs> Luvin, you're up. All right. Luvin is producing a, a new vial. This one's actually blue, a bit of foam at the top. That's my healing draught. Yep. <laughs> Almost <laughs> like you need some health. I don't know. 2d8, maybe? Let, let's do that. <laughs> so that would be action and bonus action. That's 9 HP back. So, Luvin, you produce this healing draught, chug it down, and feel that nasty carve into your chest start to close up a bit. Any movement? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nissa, you're up. Okay, I'm going to move up to the orc near Auric, and I will go behind. And I'm going to reach out and touch him and try and do shocking grasp on him. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. It is not metal. Actually, but you still have advantage because it's a melee spell attack. Does a 24 hit? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll hit the uh, hide armored orc. Good, good. <laughs> Eight damage. Yep. So you rush up to this relatively undamaged orc and reach out, touch the back of his armored calf and just... Send a bolt of electricity into him as <laughs> he cannot take reactions. Yes. Any additional movement? I think you have 10 feet of movement left. I'm going to just move around, even if it's just, just one space. Just, yeah, just move around slightly. Okay, that brings us to woman with the bow. She is going to take two shots currently at the prone figure. That will hit, and both will hit. Sweet. That was a disadvantage because yeah. he was pro. Her lowest attack was a 15. Wow. In two quick shots, pew, the pew. one that was laughing gets two arrows straight into his chest as he starts to lean up and just... Yes. And just head just falls right back down. <laughs> nice. And you see her like starting to get ready for another shot. That brings us to the orc that is 
pretty badly hurt right now and squaring off against Oric. And he's just gonna swing. He tried. <laughs> <laughs> he tried. Oric, you're up. Gold star. All right. So I am going to turn to the two, like, kind of minion y orcs that are trying to attack me ineffectually. Yes. And I'm going to stare at them and call out drop and uh, cast command at a second level to cause them to try and drop their weapons. So they need to make a wisdom saving throw. They do understand my language, right? Are you saying it in common? Yes. Okay. They seem to understand, but they're only speaking orcish. Right. Because my taunting had an effect earlier. I expected that they actually understood me. Yep. The one that tried to take a swing at you just now drops his weapon. The other one is still slightly jerky from being electrocuted, but does not drop his weapon. Okay. So what I'm going to do next is move kind of diagonally so that I am no longer being flanked. He's going to still take a swing at you. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) That was a two. Yeah. Nice. All right. So I am no longer being flanked. I will use my bonus action to make it hot in her again. <laughs> 13 fire damage. Ow! Nice. <laughs> and that armor is now red hot, and he's just he's like kind of scratching at it as he's shifting very uncomfortably. As he should be. Yeah. All right. Now it's his turn, and he's going to take one swing at Oric, and he hits. Finally. Ah, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> My perfect streak is broken. <laughs> you take 14 points of slashing damage. Ow. And I need you to make a concentration check. I got a natural 20. You yeah. <laughs> need you to. Shrug it off. Not bitter much? <laughs> no. I hate heat metal as a DM. <laughs> <laughs> little little salty there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, he's enraged. He's gonna take another swing at you anyway. <laughs> nah, that one's gonna miss. That brings us to the orc that got electrocuted. Great axe in hand. He takes a swing at Nissa and hits Nissa. You take eleven points of slashing damage. Ow, no. As you shift it away, he just turns and just swings and slices across your shoulder. Ah. Elaine. So you guys are going to notice that the axe beak looks very distressed at her little buddy being attacked. So she's going to kind of shuffle past and around Orc. I could probably just step over Orc because he's a large creature and he's a dwarf. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, you're going to run over to Nissa's aid because I would see that she is starting to take some some damages and my my bird self does not approve and i'm gonna run over and then with my scary scary axe beak beakness and raging we got some what is it stompy stompy chompy chompy stabby stabby (laughs) chompy chomp something like that stabby stabby chompy chompy does a 19 hit you know their hide armor does provide a lot but and actually hold on would i get a plus two to this damage yes because it is strength based isn't it it is sweet so I get plus four to this. Nice. So for 10 points of damage as I just drop my beak into like the base of his neck, trying to like, you know, 
tear into him. So you drop your beak into the base of his neck and tear into him. Yes. <laughs> and then I have a little bit more movement, so I'll take, you know, push up closer towards Nyssa. All right. That brings us to Leuven. Okay. Well, I hurl an alchemical acid at the one that Elaine is facing, not the leader one. Gotcha. Dex save. That's a one. Yes. That's 10 point of sweet, sweet acid burn. Yes, that is 10 points of sweet, sweet acid burn. And there's not much left except some bubbling. (laughs) So you hurl the acid. It slams into him directly into the side of his head. And you just hear a slight scream for a minute of pain before he drops and just twitches and stops moving. Excellent. Then I'm just going to quickly come out of the trees for a second. So that's five feet, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I'm way over here. I hope I didn't provoke anyone else. Okay, I'm over here. (laughs) Nissa, you are up. I'm going to kind of try and pull myself together, shakily look at Elaine and like give her a little bit of a weak thumbs up and then move across to... Okay, so you're moving into position behind the leader orc and flanking him with orc. I'm going to try and stab him with my short sword, please. As you should. 19 to hit. You go to stab and just barely pass under his shield and slide into his side. Second guessing my math, but (laughs) 17 damage. That is a good sneak attack. Very sneaky. Much attack. (laughs) Wow. I'm angry. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) I'm mad. So you go and you... Stab the blade into his side as he kind of recoils. As your sword starts to feel warm, you quickly pull it away. You do have a bonus action if you wanted to try and stab him with your dagger. It would just be the dagger damage, though, if you want to try that. I, yeah, I will go for it. 23 to hit. Yes, so just a d4. Four. Nice. All right, so you go, and right where you stabbed, he goes to swing his shield to try and block, but you take a step and then quickly jam the dagger into his arm and just pull it out as he just recoils in pain. All of you are noticing he's looking pretty bad right now. Good. Good. As he's just staring now, rather than confidently, wild-eyed at all of you. Yep, it's going to be Elven Woman's turn, and she's actually going to start moving out into the open. And take two quick shots at him. Both miss, however. She rolled really badly. First arrow passes right over his shoulder. The second bounces off his armor. Auric, you are up. Excellent. So, I am going to swing with my mighty hammer up upon his noggin. (laughs) (laughs) Do so, great Auric. I shall. Crack that noggin. Yes. 23 to hit. I think so, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's a relief. That's good. Seven damage. And then I will use my bonus action to make him very uncomfortably warm. (laughs) Twelve fire damage. Twelve? Twelve. Okay. So you slam the top of his head with your hammer as he kind of starts to stumble back and just... He's heaving and the burn, and he's starting to, like, shift, and he catches himself on his shield, planting it into the ground slightly to keep himself standing, but he's still standing. <laughs> For now. For now. And it's his turn. As he looks around, nearly surrounded, he's going to take two swings at Nyssa. I knew it. Can I extra reach? Ooh. Oh, no. They're both going to hit. <laughs> no. Bye, guys. Well, I can spare the dying, so you're okay. You take 14 points of damage on the first one. I'm down. And then two failed death saves. Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> yep. And he's going to start to run. Oh, no, no. No, he's not. No, he's not. 
No. Yep. Yeah. Both no, of you get attacks not. of opportunity. Twelve for me. Fifteen to hit. Both miss. Oh, oh no. So he's starting to take off. <laughs> That's funny. That's cute. <laughs> so I chompy, you know, stabby, stabby, chompy, chompy at him and miss. I'm going to squawk at Auric as I like leap over Nissa and do like a kind of like a motion to her. And I'm going to charge up to him because I have a 50 foot movement as an axe beak. And I'm going to chompy, chompy death him. <laughs> He's going down. Does a 21 hit? Yes. A 21 hits. How would you like to do yes. it? Yes. I would like to do it with seven points of damage as I like hook my beak around the front of his neck in like one swift motion, slash his throat and like twist his head around. Like, because I have a big beak, I'm assuming. You do. <laughs> so it'd be like a one motion to just kind of try to do everything, like rah, just ravaging him. Okay. You just sink your beak into him and just pull and tear him apart. And then right after that, I drop back to my normal form. Okay. And go back over to Nyssa. Well, so when we're out of combat, would I be able to run up and spare the dying? No, she will have to roll first. Luvin, can you do anything? So I'm thinking about the healing draught. Is it possible that maybe with lesser effectivity, I could administer it from range? You will have to make an attack roll. That's fine. All right. So I'm, first of all, I'm going to move as close as possible. Okay. Make a roll. I'm 10 feet away and I'm going to make a roll. Okay. 15 on the die. Okay. Roll a d4 for me. Okay. If your d4 is less than what I just rolled, she is at one HP. I rolled a one. Good. Cause I rolled a two. Oh. <laughs> so you hurl it. Glass shatters against the ground beside her. Liquid sprays across her body and across her face and liquid enters into her mouth and she's able to swallow some of the healing draught, closing the wounds before any of the shards can deal damage. So that D4 that you rolled was to see how much damage you were going to deal versus how much healing she was going to receive. And the healing would have to beat that damage in that instant. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, so that could have killed her. Yes. Will <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Nissa. know that. Why are we throwing glass at people who are unconscious? <laughs> I thought I was splashing it. Like, like I have it in hand and I just go whoosh. Like. Oh, no, you can't reach that with a splash. Yeah. Five feet, maybe, but not uh Five feet, yes, but not ten. Okay, well, it worked, so whatever. Yes. I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nissa, as the healing draught courses through your body, you slowly, painfully come to consciousness. <laughs> and that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at RulesAsWritten or check out our website, dndraw.com and feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com Also please subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw See you all soon! Hey everyone, today we're highlighting our very own Rachel Swartfigur, also known as Jade Vala, who has numerous creative projects that you can support. 
Rachel is a great friend and a quality person who dedicates much of her time to supporting others in the community. In addition to playing Elaine here in Rumble Squad, she also DMs her own podcast, Epic Endings, where level 20 D&D 5th edition adventurers advance through increasingly difficult challenges. In addition to podcasting, she does streaming and art. If you're interested in supporting Rachel, she is now on Patreon. Her patrons enjoy benefits like shoutouts on social media and monthly prints of her art. You can find her on Patreon as Jade Vala and on Twitter at Epic Endings Pod. So make sure to check out our own Rachel as Jade Vala on Patreon. As a little teaser for what else Rachel does, here's a promo for her podcast, Epic Endings. Epic Endings Podcast, where heroes come to perish. Hey, I'm Rachel, the DM of Epic Endings Podcast. It is a fifth edition actual play podcast with a bit of a twist. While most parties are comprised of three or more players at an appropriate level going on adventures, this series of adventures is taken on by solo players at 20th level. I have four individual players, each playing one character and each playing alone. Each player is presented the same adventures, beginning with a level one adventure, to see how they approach the problems and navigate different situations without the aid of a full party. Who will go the furthest? Will it be the dashing Cassius Day, the divine bard? What about our cautious and careful Thea Nightbreeze, Circle of the Moon Druid? Perhaps the rickety but feisty old Sai Amakir, a blade song wizard? Or will it be our timid and endearing Keldwin Kinsbaron, the life domain cleric? Find out on Epic Endings Podcast, where heroes come to perish. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting services, Facebook and Twitter at Epic Endings Pod. Also, check out the blog over at thefemalepally.wordpress.com for show notes, anecdotes, and other write-ups on gaming. 